Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. We have to be at least two minutes early because if we're not at least two minutes early, then it wouldn't be me because I'm early for everything. She always tells me the podcast is at four and I pull up her house at 3.58 and she's like texting me, are you here yet? Are you here yet? I'm like, I'm in your kitchen getting a water. What's most important is that so many of you guys were able to make the trip with us. Yes, and maybe we should mention that we are in Colorado right now at the Trident Cafe. Trident Booksellers and Cafe Boulder. And this is such a cool little bookstore. I love this bookstore. It is really nice. This patio is awesome and it's very pet friendly, which I love. I don't, oh yeah, there was a dog out here earlier, wasn't there? Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little bookstore. It's perfect weather outside today too, which mm-hmm. is nice. We're it's, on a nice patio. It's a little warm. I'm not much of an outdoorsy person. <laughs> I'm a little sweaty, but it's okay. We're gonna make it. It's gonna be fine. My bra padding might be a little soppy by the end. <laughs> TMI. Yeah. TMI. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought but we were, we're trying to be more pro. There was a child, but I think he left. <laughs> Did, did the no, only child leave? No, there's still some youngins. I don't count Fee in that group. I didn't swear. We have, your child who's 20, almost 22, no, right? No, that's, she's not a child. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anybody under 18 in the audience? Yeah, we got one up there. She's up oh, there. No one, can no one hear me? I'm sorry, baby. You don't look can under 18. Can you all 18. hear me? Because they you aren't don't. listening to me. <laughs> Megan, you're just not the loudest woman in the I room. I could be louder. No, you're loud. Believe me. <laughs> you're okay. I also have Invisalign now, and so this is the first time I've, like, podcasted with Invisalign, so I feel like it's changed how I talk. Is it weird to... Let it see. is. Let's see. You can't, you can't see them. You can't see them. They're invisible. But I they know they're, they're invisible. So I Megan's got like, braces now. Yeah. <laughs> Only for a few weeks. My, really? Yeah, well, because I had braces, like, since I was in, like third grade i just wanted to move the ones and it started to move so yeah. i just am moving them back well they it started to move yeah i didn't wear my retainers like i should have bad and so Megan. i had to now do this all over again so anyway um we we really 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 appreciate the people who have traveled so far <laughs> to get here planes trains and automobiles mm-hmm. no one a, virginia a and one maryland thank you we have a Wisconsin, an Illinois, we have Missouri, two Portlands, and a two, two Oregons, and a two Oregons, and, and, a, and a partridge in a pear tree, two, t- three Texas, two Shonas, two, two Shonas, they're their own state. <laughs> we have a few Boulderites, or no, a few Coloradoites. Colorado That's a tongue twister. Colorado, Pennsylvania right? represent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah. And here's the really super unique thing is that most of us have never met in person until yesterday. Yep. This is the first time we've right. been in the room with Keith recording yeah. the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Usually she just zooms in. And it was so not weird meeting it you It was not person. weird at all. No. Not weird at all. I know. I thought you guys would look different. Like, but no. <laughs> 
You're not I'm a little right. disappointed. <laughs> I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> I thought, I honestly thought Shona was going to be shorter because everyone talks about how short she is all the time. But Shona G? She's like an, yeah, she's a normal height. Thank you, Vanna. <laughs> Oh, and podcast audience, Mr. Keith is here, too. Mr. Keith! Mr. Keith! Mr. Keith is running our Facebook Live. He is a good sport. He is an excellent sport. Mr. Keith is here, but all the Keith children are not. (laughs) It's amazing. Mr. and Mrs. Keith may never go home again. <laughs> I don't know. Depending on the flights through Chicago, we you might <laughs> never go home again. Because you experienced problems. And I think, Megan, you had some yeah. airport woes. Well, it wasn't so bad. I, my flight was supposed to be at 6.50. I was supposed to go through Houston. I originally had booked a direct. Southwest was like, no, this is your new flight, like a couple months back. And I got up at 2.45 yesterday morning, Oklahoma time. And it was like, your flight's delayed. And I was like, great, I'm going to literally have to run through the airport because I have seven minutes from when I land until my plane takes off. And then 10 minutes later, I got a text that said, you've been rebooked on the 6 a.m. direct flight to Denver. And I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) And so um, luckily I am a type A and was already packed and had the Uber pre-scheduled. So I I didn't really have to run. But I was anticipating the text saying, like, you've been rebooked on the, like, 8 o'clock flight. Like, I was ready for the worst. And it was, oh, no, you're going to get to Denver at 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) So I went and had breakfast at um, a place called Hashtag, and it was amazing. You forgot to talk about the um, encounter that you had in the airport. You had an encounter? With the college. <gasps> With the college. <laughs> so, oh, right. Oh, yes. Okay, so it's 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> There's 40 people in line at the Southwest check-in desk because they didn't open on time. And I'm Megan's really cross. And I used to travel... <laughs> Like a lot for she work. knows what she's doing, man. Yeah, and don't so, like, mess with her. Southwest kiosk, right? They're all lined up, and you just like once they say like next person up, you just hit the button and you go. Uh, well, the second person in the line did not understand this concept, and so he's standing there, and they're turning them all on, and I'm like, dude, just 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 go to whichever one. Well, she and him and his girlfriend are like, well, we're gonna wait till they call us. And I was like, great, then I'm going around you. And then he proceeded to call me names. Um, he, he called her the B word. No, he, no. he called me a, an a-hole, actually. Did he really? He did. And then I checked my stuff, and the Southwest clerk was like, thanks for saying that. That's my day every day. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did, like, a, an elbow, like, high five, <laughs> and I went on my merry way, and he still hadn't checked his bag. <laughs> he was still waiting for somebody to call his name. Yeah, and then his boarding pass wouldn't scan <laughs> at the gate. Karma. <laughs> And I was like, you're welcome. (laughs) So that was my adventures in airport, was getting to Denver four and a half hours earlier than anticipated. And then... No fair. College kids who didn't know how to travel. And Keith had a really interesting experience on her way here. Yeah, Chicago had a lot of storms, and I live in a tiny town called Johnstown. So Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And so our... Oh, puddle jumper flight. Like, Mr. (laughs) Keith and I were in the seats on top of each other, like, not on purpose. I was going to say, isn't that a good thing? That's how the flight was. And we were all ready to go. It's like, I mean, it even revved up and everything. And then all of a sudden, they just stopped everything and said, well, we can't leave for an hour, so sit tight. And then an hour became another hour, 
and then another hour. You were on the plane on the tarmac Four. the whole time? Yeah. Oh, no. And then um, when they did go to leave, they made us leave the plane to reboard. So <laughs> we were sitting there, and they are like, you got to get off and try again. Oh, no. Yeah. So we were going to get here at 6.30. By the grace of God, we got here at midnight because <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to sleep in the airport. Mr. And Keith had to hold me back because I was starting to get snarky. And she paid for a first-class ticket. No first class for Mr. She had Keith to and sit I. And coach. Which means you sat like this. Yeah, super close together. Un- oh my gosh, yeah. All. And we, we kind of knew they wanted to be close, you know, for this weekend that they had planned. But We didn't need to be that But they close. probably weren't anticipating the other person who was super close. <laughs> yeah, I felt really bad for that dude. <laughs> he was like, what did I do in my last life to be like smushed in this lane? And then... Oh my gosh, yeah. Then we went and got a rental car. They're like, okay, C2, C2, this is your car. We went and there's people already in it and they got the luggage in it and they're like starting to drive away. See ya. And I'm like, um, could you be in the wrong car? And they're like, no. They were supposed to have an SUV and we also had that SUV enough. We, yeah. we got told, like, yours is in spot 302, and there's supposed to be, like, a small SUV, and we got walk up, and it was a Mustang, and we're like, I mean, that's fine, but that's not what we paid for. You have a Mustang? No, we, oh. we, went, we went back, and we're like, that's, because we're like, that's not the right car. And I was then like, I'm driving with it. Megan from now on. <laughs> yeah, Rachel's <laughs> driving, so it's all Rachel. But yeah, it was, the, and they had to find a car. They were like, uh, which they had plenty. It was just a matter of where it was, and they were, were just in the wrong budget spot. Were you with Budget, too? No, we were with oh. Hertz. Okay, so all it the rental car companies so were having good. a little bit of a problem, so yeah. it's fine. We, we all They're made all it fine. here, though. We all made it. And we started at 6 a.m. from Oklahoma City. Our most adventure was that we almost ran out of gas because we kept missing the exits. Well, first you know, of, all we're, driving, that, first of right? all, we're driving. We're in the middle of Kansas. And if any of you have ever driven on I-70 in Kansas, it is like the most boring road ever. There's just flat and there's nothing. So here we are, tooling along. We've got the radio turned up as loud as it will go, and we're singing along to Vonnie's really janky random <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> and Martha looks at me and says, oh my God, we forgot to get gas. I'm like, what? <laughs> and we, we literally, it, the light was on. We were on fumes and we pull into this the smallest ever. Well, wait, wait, wait. First, we miss it twice <laughs> because we had the radio turned up and we were jamming. And all of a sudden, I'm like, priorities. Oh, crap. The light's not even there anymore. So we should probably stop like any, any second. It dings at her. And she's like, it's never made that noise before. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> we're gonna, so we pull up to this little gas station and it was like, okay. Is it open? I said, she, she says, yeah, there's somebody at the pump. So we go up there. There's this dude, you know, the, the, uh, he's got a motorcycle and he's getting gas and whatever. And I go in and the, I swear, Stephen King got a little bit of his inspiration from the dude behind the counter. You know, he's got a, he's got a walleye. Nothing wrong with that. But he's got his one eye's looking in one direction, one eye's looking in the other direction. And he says... Is that it? And he just gives me this really weird look like. He so, needed to get back to burying the bodies well, in the back. I think he I, I forgot guess. something in the back. I, I guess. So I, I was just kind of looking around because there was nobody else in the gas station but me. So I'm thinking, 
because you got some place to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. I told you so, so of course we walk out, and you know my non-existent whispering voice. <laughs> and I said, "Well, Stephen King got his inspiration from that guy in there." Let's get the hell out of here! Or heck out of here! <laughs> and Bonnie goes, and I'm like. <laughs> Somebody right there. <laughs> so the dude, the dude doing his motorcycle, Philip looks. At yeah, him. he looked over at us, and I'm like, Martha. <laughs> Too bad Dylan wasn't with us. He just, Mom. <laughs> I feel so like bad. everybody had travel adventures. I think Donna drove through some awful weather. Yeah, Donna was sending us um, pictures from once again Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> There's there's a there's a huge swath of I-70 before we got on it that was completely closed down. So Donna had to you know jag around that, and then later she sends another picture or another video, and there's it's hailing like mad on her car. But we all we all made it. It's yes. the moral of the story Woo-hoo. to Boulder. And you know what? It's just something that you tell at parties is your traveling woes. You have to go through it. First class, This is the closest we ever all sit together when we record. I know. Usually we're like across the room. The last time I flew, I swear to God, I was so close to the person next to me. It was like full body touching. And I was just kind of like, do you want to listen to my iPad? (laughs) (laughs) And right, baby. Well, wait, who had that happen? Oh, right. Yeah, Becky, Becky got a, made her, Becky Becky made her friend. friends on the airplane. <laughs> Becky, made, Becky made a friend on the airplane who then gave her a ride to her hotel. Becky, <laughs> have we never listened to My Favorite Murder, ma'am? You almost did. You could have not SSD yeah, you yeah. could have. You could have ebbed. Yeah. Yeah. We were a little worried about Becky because that guy was still calling her the next day, asking her to swipe right. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what the block feature's for, ma'am. I did not answer that. No, she did that, not answer that the, the block feature is for that reason. Oh, and I, I do need to apologize because, you know, we talked a big talk when, when we got, got here. We're so excited, so excited. And we're driving up, and we're doing our makeup in the car. We're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be such a party. Ah!" And we hadn't eaten anything all day. And we hadn't drank any water all day. So by the time we got here, it was like this huge letdown because we still hadn't eaten because they're like, oh, let's go to the bookstore. We're like, yay, we get to the bookstore. We're like, we still haven't eaten anything since 7.30 this morning. We're really hungry. Then we're looking at our watches like, it's nine. Are we going to eat today? <laughs> Hangry book girls and, yeah, are not fun. The moral girls. of the story is you cannot physically, once you reach our age, my age, excuse me, you yeah, cannot physically party when you have not eaten or had water for the entire day. How did you drive and not have any water? What the heck? Yeah, but if the more you drink, the more you have to stop to we go to We didn't want to pee. Okay, I'm going to write you all a travel manual, clearly, on how to road trip properly. So what happened was, you know, all of our big plans to go have dinner together and, you know, have a beer and whatnot got completely scrubbed because guess who got a migraine? Yeah. We talk a good big game like, oh, yeah, we're the party animals. And then we're like, it's 10 o'clock. It's bedtime. <laughs> we're so, party yes. animals until 8. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> I don't know. I had a great dinner and some margaritas. Yeah. So then, so then Megan posts yeah, on there. Megan's still young. It's fine. Yeah. You can tell who's the youngest among us. <laughs> we had a great dinner mm. downtown. Was hot. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. Uh, so, so now Ooh. we're going to have the adventures of hot waiter instead of the adventures of hot neighbor. No. Nice. Yeah. He's more fees age. Oh. <laughs> Who? 
Hey, who says you can't be a cougar? No, thanks. I read those books all the time, Megan. <laughs> that was a really cool bookstore. What was that called again? Anybody, uh, anybody? Like Charlie's? Charlie's? Charles, Charles, Charles and Charles on second? second? Yeah. Yep. Second and Charles. Second and Charles. Yeah, and that was in the uh, Flatiron something. something. Yes. Crossing. Crossing. Yeah, that was cool. It was a used bookstore, which is like my favorite bookstores ever because guess who found a really cool signed first edition? Raise his hand. But that's a whole other story for another time. Rachel and I found an indie bookstore, a second hand bookstore uh, on accident when we went to the Capitol building. We pulled up to the Capitol building and there's Capitol books like right on the corner. And we're like, cool. We know where we're going next. But most importantly, as our friends, we would ask that you, instead of tipping your waiters and waitresses, which you should also do, um, have a look in the bookstore and, yes. and give these people some love for letting us come and steal their patio for the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Appreciate ya. And, and they have all of our, but they have a whole box of all of the yes. books we're going to so review. So after, if you want to buy it, yes, you can. After you hear us talk about these books, we appreciate your business. If you um, would purchase one of these books, if it sounds good to you, that would be great. So maybe sometime we could come back. Yeah. <laughs> right. We want to be nice so they invite us back. <laughs> yeah. We don't Those want them to leave and say, back. well, we're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're going to coyote ugly us. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up in the morning and go, whoa, what was I thinking? <laughs> no, the arm off instead of moving. <laughs> I mean, everybody bought a lot of coffee, so that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. That helps so. too. Shall we move along to the book portion of our yeah. program? I, everybody books? ready for what? some books? Yes? Okay. <laughs> you can respond. <laughs> Mr. There's Keith a lot of you guys. There's a lot us. of you guys. And we're doing Facebook Live right now, so let's do a hello, Facebook. Yes. One, hello, two, three. Facebook. There you go. Uh, Monica says, hi, ladies. Hey, Monica. Hey, hi, Monica. So, um, she gave us a thumbs up. I think that was her high back. We have um, a lot of people that really would have loved to come, but... You know, hopping on a plane is not so easy when you just put your kids in school right. last True week. Story. Mm-hmm. So. Or when you live in Argentina. Or when you, or when you, when you live in Argentina. Oh, oh Carolina. Carolina. Oh, we oh. love our Carolina. Or She's our Australia Australia oh, Argentinian um, girl. We have, we have fans all over the world. Yep. Hi, um, Dara. Our, I was going to say our emotional support Canadian, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sarah. Who's but our I said favorite Dara. Canadian. We have lots of Canadian followers, but um, Sarah's our very favorite. <laughs> and where's Dara from? I'm not sure where Dara's from. She turned her Chromecast on, and she's actually playing it on her TV. Oh, wow. Dara. That's awesome. Hey, Dara. Hey, Dara, I don't want to be that large. I was going to say, it's really hard to pluck my beard in the car. I don't look good in high def. Don't zoom in, please. Don't zoom in. We're all going to hide our chin hairs for the rest of the podcast. Sorry. I'm far enough away from the camera that I'm, I'm safe. No oh, fair. she's still young. She doesn't have as many chin hairs as the rest of us. She should have incorrect. been writing up in front then. No, I need to run the computer and comment to all the lovely people. Desiree, hello. Hey, Desiree. Desiree. Whoop, whoop. Hi. Oh, you're right there. Hey. <laughs> she commented in the chat. You know, it's so cool to finally be out again. We've been, we do live events at Full Circle Bookstore in Oklahoma City frequently, or we did, um, before all this nastiness began. And we will hopefully, everybody, fingers crossed, 
be back in the game again in January at Full Circle. So if you're planning to make a trip to Oklahoma City, we will welcome you with open arms. If you let us know in advance, my husband will make you pizza. The best pizza. It is pretty good pizza. I am bribing you. Yes, I am bribing you. Um, he also brews his own beer. Dara, he does. He brews his own beer Dara as well. So. Dara said she's in Oklahoma City, and we look great on the big screen. Woo! You're so sweet. We were made for the big screen, baby. I don't know about that. <laughs> Dara, honey, we're going to have to have you out for some pizza and beer. Yes. I'm just saying, with a butt like this, you got to have a big screen. <laughs> So what's, um, so wait, are we going in our normal order? I think we should just for the sake of continuity. Okay. Go and in And because regular. Martha always wants to go last. Martha has to have the last word. Well, and Vani always brings the room so far down. With yeah, we have to start people. We have to start with the saddest book on the planet. And then work our way to happy. You're welcome. You're no, welcome. we work our way to, to weird. weird. Yeah. We always end with the, with the most bizarre, which is 99.99% of the time me. Is, does anybody have any tissues before we start? Does, get out your handkerchief. There might be some tears. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very appropriate because the book that I picked this week is called Sarah's Keep, Tatiana D. Rosny. And this was actually my introduction to World War II trauma porn. <laughs> trauma porn! So we can blame nice. her. God. It's not Ken Follett. I have now, read this a is Ken the beginning. Follett. This is sadder than the Ken Follett. She started, oh, she started no. out. Where she started Pete, out was. you would not survive it. Where is this on the yeeting a baby oh, scale? Oh, it's, it's way I mean, worse. Right, like on a scale of one to 10, are we at like a 15? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Oh, I don't yeah. like it already. I don't, I no. don't like it. I don't like if it. If you don't like sad things, this book is not for you. Okay, Bonnie, if tell us about If you want to feel in your heart, read this book. Because it was great. If you want to tear out your soul. (laughs) (laughs) With a serrated spoon through your nose or eyeball holes. Do we need to get graphic? Jeez. <laughs> my, my gosh. She's okay, already going to break our hearts. Okay. It's a good book. Okay. Go ahead. So this book takes place in two different time periods. The main story is set in 2002 with a journalist named Julia who was born in America, but she married a French gentleman and she moved to France. So she's lived in France for quite a bit. And it was coming up on the anniversary of the Paris Roundup where the um, French police rounded up the Jewish uh, women and children mainly and sent them to Auschwitz in uh, 1942 and she is her boss wants her to do a piece on the roundup so she starts researching it and everything and she finds out that the apartment they are about to move into was actually one of the apartments that were taken away from a jewish family when the jewish family was sent to auschwitz so that's what's happening in 2002. She also has um, some of her own drama going on. She's not super happy in her marriage situation. And so she goes into a lot of that. I don't want to talk a lot about that because it'll give too much away on the book. But she does have a lot of her own stuff going on too. Then you kind of go into 1942 to the family who lived in the apartment. And it's mainly about a little girl named Sarah. I think at the beginning they call her like Sarka or something like that, but it's Sarah. And 
what happens is, and this happens very early in the book, so it's not really giving too much away. Uh oh. When the police show up to take them away, Sarah is 10 and her little brother is four. His name is Michelle. Well, he does, he's afraid of the police and he doesn't want to go, so he decides he's going to hide in this little special cabinet that they have that's very, very hidden. And he tells Sarah to lock him into this cabinet and let him out when they come back. Well, they never go back to the apartment. So the 1942 story is basically about Sarah trying to get back to her apartment to let her little brother out of this cabinet that she's see what I mean. See what I mean. Yeah, the baby. Yeah. That is the like, yeeting times 12. Yeah, told you. I oh. told you, Keith, you would not survive this book. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about with the whole yeet thing, it is um, there's a Ken Follett book where they throw a baby in the river, and that's how we judge the sadness of a book, yeah. whether or not you throw the baby Keith in the river. Keith cannot read any more babies that Vonnie recommends where a baby is thrown in a river. Right. So, or yeah. where a child is locked in a cabinet and forgotten. He's well, not forgotten. Well, he's just not forgotten again. It okay. wasn't sad. What's wrong with you? She has it, a stone heart. I, I've even, yeah, have you? Okay. I mean, Keep I read going. this a second time and I knew it was going to happen and I still was like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, and um, it, it's, well, I didn't cry, but I mean. Yeah, because only Keith cries at books. No, Megan Duh. cries too. Don't worry. Phyllis. Honey. <laughs> yeah, it's you guys made Phyllis cry already. She hasn't even read the book. I'm sorry. See, this is why Sadie. I go first. It takes the rest of the podcast to get back up into a happy place. Okay, keep going. Keep telling us about this book. Well, that, that's basically it. The story is about <laughs> her trying. I mean, if like I said, if Solved. I tell yeah, you too much, give, yeah, no spoilers. People get mad yeah. because yeah. and just I, I mean, it's. One of the reasons why I read so much of the World War II books is just because what She's happened in life. is just, <laughs> right, <laughs> because I want to feel. Um, what happened during World War II is just such an atrocity, and it's just so out of even what I can fathom in my brain to treat people like that, that I just, it, it, it just makes me just empathize so much with these people from the past who had to go through all this and you know they say you have to know history not to repeat it so it's good to know what happened and for it to make you sad so that you don't repeat so that you don't act like a person who would wear a horrible t-shirt mocking the events of said genocide exactly to the capital um Previ- uh, recently. Wait, what the Okay, she's being miss? really specific, but I just meant in general. And um or those people specifically. And this book was This book We're not was, going down that rabbit hole okay, today. Okay, 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 okay. Martha's fine. I'm it's I'm good. clearly going to be the mom today and keep everybody on task. I will say if you read this book on audio, it's a little difficult to follow because they jump time periods very fast. And you don't have any inkling of which time period it is. Um, I read the actual book first, and I listened to the audio mm-hmm. before we, um, before this live event. 
so that I could just kind of refresh my memory. And it, if I hadn't have read the actual book first, I probably would have been a little confused because they jump so fast. So just kind of keep that in mind if you listen to the audiobook. You kind of have to pay attention for those shifts. But it was a well-written book, and like I said, it was kind of my introduction to the sadness that I like to read about. <laughs> so we can thank that author for all of the trauma you have put us so, through. Tatiana D. Rosny, thank you for Sarah's Key and starting my love of World War II trauma porn. There you go. Thank you, Bonnie. Yay! Is your Keith, is your book happy or sad? Crap. <laughs> Mine's happy, if it's we need a... It's not sad, exactly. Oh, maybe you should go next. Should I go next? Because you will bring up the room way better than I will this okay. week. Okay. I will... I, we will we are roller coaster in it today. We are. <laughs> this is also one of those things that gets cut out of us going, okay, whose book's happier? Yeah, we do it every <laughs> single week. Because uh, someone go needs you to bring go next? the room up know. after Do you want to go goes. next? I will bring the room up, because this book could have been written about my life. <laughs> Um, Wow. I know. Hold up your book, Megan. Yeah, so I am reviewing Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Woo! And I had bought this at like a book fest thing that work held, and I really bought it because the title just said Fangirl, and I was like, that's all I need to know. Um, Because I am a fangirl of all things. But especially... You said I wasn't allowed to say it. No, you can say it. (laughs) You can say the word, and that's all... We don't need any specifics, uh, but of we'll music just say and, and boy movies bands. and boy bands and all the things. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Um, so this book is a girl going to her freshman year of college, and her name is Kath, and she has a twin sister named Ren, and they are Kath and Ren because her parents didn't know they're having twins, and they picked out the name Catherine. Oh, that's funny. Oh, sheesh. And so they just split the name. Because her mom is a little different. You'll learn more about that in the book. Um, But she basically was like, I don't want to come up with another name. So I'm just going to split this one down the middle. And you can be Kath and you can be Ren. So Kath is very kind of definitely an introvert, has a lot of anxiety. And Ren is kind of like, I'm going to go out in the world and live my life and everybody else just deal. But Kath escapes into the world of fan fiction. So she writes fan fiction for Simon Snow. Simon Snow is this universe's Harry Potter, and, but with a little more vampire. So he, so Simon Snow is the wizard, and he, his roommate, Baz, is the vampire. But like throughout the books, like, he doesn't know he's a vampire. Like, Simon Snow doesn't know he's a vampire until later on in the in the Simon Snow universe. But anyway, so she is like a really well-known author. Like people make like fan shirts of her fanfic. Like it'll say like Carry on Simon, it'll say all these things and she runs into people like in her college who are wearing her shirt or like the shirt somebody made about her story. But they don't obviously know it's her because she never tells anybody. So that's kind of her escapism and she just has a, such a hard time adjusting to college like she doesn't live with her sister because her sister's like i've lived with you for 18 years go away (laughs) i'm living with somebody else and her sister kind of goes off the rails a little bit in the land of college and it's it's just a really interesting story of her kind of finding herself and finding how who she is in the real world and not just in like her fangirl world and she has her friend levi 
who she meets through her roommate, who she thinks Levi is her roommate's boyfriend, is where we think Levi fits when we first meet Levi. Um, and so it's just, it's really interesting story of her living in her fandom and she's trying to beat the author to the end of the book. So the author, the last book comes out and she's trying to finish her fanfic before the author does so that like it can still be kind of canon in her own way. Like if she ends hers first, like she beats her to the punch kind of thing. And um, it's just fun to watch. And you get to hear, I, listen, I read it physically and listened to it as a re-listen. And in the, you get to read clips of the fan fiction and the this actual Simon Snow book. So it'll go back and forth. And because she, she's reading her fan fiction out loud to Levi because he likes the story. He got like intrigued trying to get to know her. And so she's reading him the story. So you kind of follow her story and then it'll bounce to like the Simon Snow book. And it was just, I loved it. I identified with it as someone who has a, what did we decide? Was it 438 pages? Uh, I'm going to out myself right now on here. I have a 438-page fan fiction on my computer. And she's not brave enough to share Absolutely where it is. Absolutely not. You cannot. Oh, <laughs> Rachel's got the dirt. It's probably on, it's probably on fanfic.net somewhere. But it's on Yeah, Rachel knows. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Shoot. This really is making I know time. there's a lot of spelling mistakes in <laughs> that so bad many. boy. <laughs> well, and I've literally been writing, continue, I still write on it. Like, when I get stressed, it's my, go, it's my go-to. I pull that thing up and I write on it. So, like, at points, like... My characters invent things like Instagram because, like, that's around now, and I'll forget what time period my story was originally set in. And so I'll be like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, just totally invented Instagram. We're going with it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was a – at first I was like, man, she's so whiny. And then as I was talking to people and Rachel about it again, it was like – Rachel's like, yeah, but, like, remember how confusing freshman year was? Like everything. Remember how whiny we used to be? Yeah, it was. So it was really intriguing to kind of read it again and think about like, oh, she seems so whiny. Well, yeah, because you read the book like 10 years ago <laughs> or however long ago. And I just I think it's a great kind of coming of age story and a great finding yourself story, but also finding yourself and not losing yourself. Because like if she had just said, oh, I'm in college now, I can't do fanfic. I can't do fandom. She would have been giving up like part of her identity mm. to, to fit in. So I and. I mean, fanfic now is far more mainstream. Like, for me, a lot of the books that I reviewed in the past year would not exist probably if Rainbow Rowe had not written this book because a lot of them follow that fandom and that fan fiction kind of path um, that is kind of way more mainstream than it was 10, 15 years ago when I... What? Back in the day. day. (laughs) We didn't have Wattpad. We just had fanfic.net. Um... But yeah, I loved it. I really enjoyed this book, and I just think it fits my life because as she's sitting there, she's like, I got to write my fanfics. I got to get it posted because people get real mad when she doesn't post because they're so invested that if she doesn't post a chapter like once a week, she gets like hundreds and hundreds of comments of people being like, what's happening next? Where are we going? I feel like there's something happening. And she's like, well, I haven't really decided what's happening yet. I'm still working on the chapter. And so it's just really fun. And she kind of takes a different view. She pairs Baz and Simon as a couple um, and so and a lot of people feel like they should have been a couple in the book so it's kind of an interesting take on the Simon Snow world for her and the fandom and there's a lot of turmoil as there is in freshman year hmm. for everyone and drama drama um, I will say there is a I would say the only trigger warning I would give probably is um, her father struggles with like some mental illness issues that are pretty intense 
So I would say maybe a trigger warning for some of those. But as the whole, I, it's fantastic and was my life and I identified very well with it. So uh, that was Fangirl by Rainbow Rao. And she's actually... Upside down. It is upside down. Sorry. <laughs> um, and she actually has written the fan fiction that she <laughs> talks about in the book. And it, it's its own book now. Oh, wow. Oh, That's cool. Them, right? Yeah, there's several yeah. of them. So the Simon Snow fan fiction is actually its own book. It's Carry On... Wayward Son. Uh, and Wayward Son. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's Carry On by Rainbow Rouse, the se- kind of the sequel, and it's the actual fan fiction that she wrote in the book is now its own book That's pretty as cool, well. Actually. So yeah. It's really cool. Her, her, she's yeah. great. Yeah, and that was... Oh, I already said that, but I'll say it again. That was Fangirl by Rainbow Rowe. And hi, 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 Kelly and Kristen. Yeah. Hi, Kelly and Kristen. Hi, Kelly and Kristen. Thank you, Megan. That was great. Thank you. Sounds like a very YA. It definitely is. Very YA. It's it made it's very me, Megan. It's very it's my life. Like exactly. my freshman my freshman year, man. I, I wrote lots of fan fiction my freshman year. <laughs> well, thank goodness Jeez. I didn't read a book about my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so the book I read is The Invisible Husband of Frick Island by Colleen Oakley. So this is the story of Piper Parish, she lives on this tiny island called Frick Island. When I say tiny, I mean 100 people, inhabitants, there is one ferry, it goes to the mainland at one point in time and it comes back at one point in time. So if you get stuck on the island, you're stuck till the next day. Mm. Is there any place to stay overnight or you just kind of have to... There is a bed and breakfast. Well, this I, is not a it. hotel kind of island. Mm. And this is an island where everybody has lived on it for generations and generations and generations. Mm. But as many islands are having this problem, there is a big issue because it is a small little island and climate change is a coming. And so experts have come to the island and have said in about 20 years, this island will not be here any longer. Mm. That's a problem. It is a problem. Yeah. Mm. So we go to Piper. Piper's a young lady. She is someone who came to the island when she was 13. This is a big deal because when you come to the island, you're different than when you were born on the island. Oh, that's just like Tuttle. Right? <laughs> Any small town in Oklahoma. Tuttle, Oklahoma. If you weren't born there, you ain't, if you you don't, ain't from if there. If you don't that's have your right. picture at Joe Exotic Zoo, you are not from Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. So Pipe, but Piper lives her entire life on the island When she is 14, she meets this dreamy boy who grew up on the island named Tom. And they are inseparable, and they get married. About a year after they've been married, the chief export of this island are crabs. So crabbing is a big deal. He goes... Oh, stop it, A year after they got married, they got crabs? (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were behaving today. I didn't say anything! <laughs> I'm watching your reaction now on the live, and you're... <laughs> Some things just can't be helped! 
for one of the few times I'm trying to talk about a serious novel. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. And you're bringing it all up. I'm sorry. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you know I'm all about crab fishermen, so go ahead. I'm intrigued. Well, I got to say, I'm glad y'all laughing now because Tom goes out crabbing one day. And every day, Piper sees him off at the dock, and she comes to the dock to see his boat come in. And she sits for hours and hours, and it never comes back. Two weeks later, they find the boat on the bottom of the ocean, but they do not find Tom. You really read a downer. You never <laughs> read the downer. Jesus. Never, she Let never me tell breaks you. the room down. She's always got the, fa- the funnest book. But wait, is she going to meet a new man this on the This happens okay. in the first two pages. Oh. So it's not like you've been reading and you're like, Tom, no. You don't even really know Tom. So you're like, oh, Tom's dead. That's okay. too bad. No, no bad. <laughs> Forget about Tom. Tom had crabs anyway. So. But Piper's pretty distraught. Now, Piper has grown to be a very loved member of the community. They treat her like she's a born there kind of lady. She stays in bed for about two weeks. When she comes out, one day she just comes out and uh, she goes back to work and she works at a little diner. She's going over to her boss, and her boss is like, I'm so glad to see you out and about. You look great. I'm so proud of you. And she's like, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I had a really hard time sleeping last night. And her boss is like, okay, what happened? And she said, well, I'm so used to Tom snoring. And suddenly, Tom has stopped snoring. And it was really quiet. Tom's been gone for two weeks? Yeah. Shoot. And she looks at her. And she says, okay. And then later, Piper goes to the dock and says, hi, Tom. Oh, no. And goes home with Tom. And everybody's kind of looking at her like, huh? <laughs> Next day, Someone's she had a goes to the break. dock, says goodbye to Tom, goes to work, comes back, picks up Tom. After about a week, everybody starts saying, hi, Tom. Bye, Tom. Oh. Tom, how you doing today? Oh, so she's... So they're uh, enabling her mental break. And he is the invisible husband of Frick Island. Wow. I'm just saying, if I ever have a mental break that hard, y'all better not keep talking to my missing husband. Everyone oh. on the island, including the little children, pretend Tom is still alive oh, and interact so with him. That is really sad. My gosh. Now, enter Anders. He is a journalist for this tiny little newspaper. His his dream was to be a podcaster. He thought he was going to be like this American life, serial kind of guy. He's had a podcast since college, and the only person who ever comments on it is his dad. (laughs) (laughs) He specializes in getting these really weird kind of stories, things that you don't see every day. Well, the newspaper says, hey, there's a big cakewalk every year on Frick Island, and they have a very special 17-layer cake that they make every year, and only the people on Frick Island know how to make it. So tons of people go to the island for this cakewalk every year because they want to win a cake. So he goes to the island. He's not paying attention. He's He's on the ferry. He's listening to his earbuds. He follows the cakewalk. Well, the ferry guy's like, hey, there's a storm coming in, so I'm going to leave on the ferry an hour early. All the people at the cakewalk start leaving, and the Anders is like, huh, that's weird. Well, he misses the ferry. <laughs> oh, so he's stuck. He Bound is stuck. Chicken, brown cow. <laughs> and the islanders do not like it. 
because he is not from there and he's a journalist. And they're kind of sick of journalists because journalists often come to the island to talk to them about climate change. And we're living in denial on the island. We've decided it ain't happening. Mm -hmm. And this island, no cell tower. The only Wi-Fi is in the library and it's like dial up slow. So the island is really just its own kind of place. And Anders is like, what is this place? It's kind of crazy, this island. Well, then he starts talking to people and he thinks, climate change, that's a really awesome topic for a podcast. And he starts doing a podcast about it. And he's like, huh, this is a great story. He gets about 700 viewer, uh, listeners. And he thinks, that's amazing. That's more than I've ever had. So every weekend he goes back to the island Well, then somebody emails him and says, you are working on the wrong story. You need Mm. to look deeper. Well, he notices this beautiful woman named Piper, and she's very sweet, and she's she's the only one who is nice to him because she knows how it used to feel to be a not-one-of-the-island kind of person. And they spend a lot of time together, and he's trying to get an interview with her. Well, as he's walking around with her and talking to her, he realizes that she's married first off, and he thought she's single. He was like, oh, look, I like her, she's cute. And he's like, oh, she's married. But he never sees her husband, and then he notices people are talking to her husband. They're trying to kind of keep it on the down low because he's not from the island, he's an outsider. But he realizes Piper's missing a screw. (laughs) She thinks her husband's (laughs) hanging out. And then he thinks, this is the podcast. This is the story. So this is a story all about a guy who's trying to decide, is it worth it to make fun of this woman who will never hear the podcast because this is a very remote island, we hope, or is it more worth it to be a human being and to take things in stride and maybe not make a laughing stock of a poor woman who doesn't know any better? You just, th- this book is not your norm. I'm f- it is not. I'm up and ouch. down and up. And but down it, up. I gotta say, this was gorgeously written. Five, Col- stars? five stars. Five stars? I would give it six or seven stars oh, if I could. Wow. Look at you go. I have never written anything by Colleen Oakley. You After read? I read this never, book, I bought read every back book she's ever written. It is a gorgeously written story about the way we all process grief the different ways we process grief, and the lengths that our loved ones will go to to protect us. Aww. Wow, that was fun. That's, <laughs> that's I'm going to need one of those tissues up here, please. And that was The Invisible Husband of Frick Island by Colleen Oakley. You know, it's really hard for me not to comment. <laughs> go no, ahead, you can not. comment now. <laughs> When I see a mannequin walk through. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. A non-clothed mannequin. (laughs) They're unloading a truck in the alleyway (laughs) for the festival exhibit things happening in town. Oh. Boulder is happening. This is a really cute little town. Thank you, Keith. I was so distracted by the the non-clothed mannequin that... Naked mannequins will do that. Did a little jaunt. It's sort of like having a streaker, wasn't it? They all had their backs to it. They couldn't see it. I'm a keep. That book sounds amazing. It does actually. Say, even even I think that book sounds amazing. The Tin Man thinks the book sounds am- an emotion. Uh, a poignant. She uh, said it. 
The Invisible Husband of Frick Island by Colleen Oakley. Frickin' A, man. Is there a frack island? And it's pretty, too. Is, I don't know, but There this, should be. She did say that this book was, uh, it's in the Chesapeake Bay, and it was based on an island called Smith Island in Maryland, I believe. She based it on this island that her parents live on. So if there's oh, a, awesome. I feel like if you're going to have a frack island, you need a, you need a frick. Frick and frack, frick and frack, frack, frack island. Frack. All right, Martha. Well, as, uh, as is our Dishon. custom, do, do you have any more streakers in your truck? <laughs> Sir? He's, He's not even Sir? listening to you. Sir? He's, he does not even care. Sir? Nope. He's, he is not hearing it. He's on the phone, Martha. <laughs> All right. I was just checking. Wanted to see if I was going to get distracted some more. It's you. You will get distracted. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. Um, I am interview, or interviewing. I'm interviewing <laughs> this book. Actually, I chose this book as one of last year's favorites. My favorite type of book to review is a book that's a debut novel and a book that I really, really, really loved. So this hits both of those buttons, and I wanted to do something that... Um, would help Lindsay Ellis because her next book is actually coming out in October and guess who got an advanced copy right here? Nice. Martha's getting fancy. Lucky dog. <gasps> is that a rabbit's foot? Um, <laughs> squirrel! Squirrel! <laughs> you gonna be okay, Martha? We clearly cannot podcast Who held up outside. something shiny? Martha is distracted. <laughs> I can't help it. Okay, so anyway, this is called Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. Now, the great Mine's thing about prettier. this book is when you purchase it, not only are you helping a brand new artist, but in the future, if you keep the book long enough, you will own a first edition of it, and then it will be worth more money than you paid for it. That's my pitch for book collecting, by the That's way. That's the theory. The thing that I like the best about this book is that it falls into the category of first alien contact, which I absolutely love. Um, there's, it's been done so many times. I know, I know. But I enjoyed this one in particular because the main character was a young woman whose father is a conspiracy theorist. And he ends up getting a hold of this memo. I think it's a CIA memo or something. So he gets a hold of this memo and releases it. Well, his sister works for the CIA. And so that sort of gives him a little bit of extra cred on the side. But the memo is pretty, pretty explicitly about alien contact. So they, he actually leaves the country and goes to live in Germany because they're after him type thing. Well, he leaves his family and just buggers off, so hasn't had much contact with them over the years because he's more interested in doing his own thing than he is in his family. So that's also a part of the story. But the young woman who is the main character's name is Cora. And she is, she reminds me a lot of myself when I was in my 18, 19, 20. Her car is a total dump. It barely starts if it starts. And at the very beginning of the book, she, her mom just helped her get a job because she lost her job again. So she's sort of down on her luck, which I was a lot when I was that age. Noelle's here. Noelle's dad was my boss at the time. Yes. Yes, in Gillette, Wyoming. That was a long time ago. 
Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Thanks for hiring me. Yes, I was Noelle's first babysitter when she was born. That was a long freaking time ago. Um, so anyway, her car breaks down on the first day of her job that her mom helped her to get. And it's at this temp agency that her mom works for. And so she, instead of spending the money, the $200 her mom gave her to fix the belt on her car, she spent it on a concert. Her mom that's is extra. I mean, that's, yeah. that's logic. I would so do her the same mom's, thing. I was just going to say, that sounds like something Martha did. It I mean, does Megan sound like do. something I would do. Uh, so she, her mom's extra angry with, angry with her, but gives her a ride to work anyway. And she gets there, and she's sitting there, and it's a temp job. And she's you know, barely getting through the day. And all of a sudden, all the windows break out of her office. Well, this is the second time that a event like this has happened. The first time was in relation to this memo that has been leaked. Okay, I don't remember what the first one was called, but they gave it some code name or whatever. And it was when the first crop of aliens arrived 40 years ago. Well, this one, they're calling it the ampersand event. And it's like a meteorish thing. But they don't find an alien with it. Of course they don't, because, you know, aliens are way smarter than that. So, oddly enough, this alien ends up looking for, the alien is looking for her aunt, because her aunt knows the location of the original aliens, and he's trying to find them. Of course, you don't know this right away. What you do know is she goes out, she sees this thing, and then she goes out gawking, and ends up getting knocked to the ground and getting something shot in the back of her neck. Yeah. And she wakes up dazed and in the middle of nowhere and calls her aunt, says, you know, come get me, whatever. It keeps going on and she keeps basically getting into mischief. At one point she wakes up and she's standing in the Google campus. She has no idea how she got there. She doesn't know what she's supposed to do and then all of a sudden, she's compelled to say, where's your main server? I know I was uh, on the uh, podcast who reviewed this book, but I do not remember. Uh, this, this, I've read it like three times since then, so it's a little bit more detail. Okay. But so he, he's trying to compare. At this point, he's implanted in her a tracker and a translator. So he's able to talk to her in her brain. Babble I know, fish. sounds weird, but uh, yeah, it's a babblefish. So the, the whole story is basically about Cora and her connection to this specific alien who she ends up calling Ampersand because that's what the name that he gives himself because that was the name they gave him and he doesn't have the same, obviously, as all anyway. But the reason that I liked it so much is it, it was interesting to see how she and this alien sort of grow closer together. And it's not in a weird romancy kind of way. Aww. Kind of maybe a little. After having read it the second time, I was like... Was it poignant, though? No. <laughs> Don't you say the P word in public, dude. That's just Martha wrong. Martha doesn't read poignant novels. No, she does not. I had to get it in at least once. <sighs> Moist. 
Hey, I didn't even do that. That's not fair. She hates that word, too. I don't care. That word oh, doesn't bother I'm me. Oh, sorry, Keith. Sorry. Rachel and I sorry. hate it. You're mean. So if that doesn't hook you into reading this book, I don't think anything will. Um, I really enjoyed it. There were a lot of aliens in it later in the novel. Cora was just, she just turned out to be such a badass, and I love that. I love how she turns out to be kind of a wishy-washy, loserish, everything's going wrong, and then she kind of grows into this confident young woman who becomes, for all intents and purposes, a translator, the first translator for the first alien. Oh, and uh, this is sort of, it's like, like a... Um, an alternate history type book because in this book President Bush resigns Junior uh, second one I think Junior Junior. I think he ends up resigning because he knew about it and lied about it uh oh yeah yeah I think it was the second one I think it was Junior yeah it's kind of a footnote in the whole book I wasn't really paying attention that much very close I did go yeah at one point, but, you know. <laughs> I was never a Bush fan. <laughs> Overall, I really, really, really liked this book. Having read it the second time, I enjoyed it for different reasons. But I still would recommend it, and I still would give it five stars. It was just different from anything I'd ever read. And it was extremely well written. Lindsay Ellis is a, does a fantastic job. And I can't wait to see what happens with this bad boy right here. I hope it's as good as the first one. And once again, that was Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. And that's a standalone book? Uh, well, no. I is think, that the continuation? I think this is the continuation. Oh, cool. Okay. okay. I think. Did it end on a real cliff, like cliffhanger? Um, th- there's a semi, it, it's semi-resolved. Okay. I mean, it's not a huge cliffhanger, no. Okay. No, but it definitely leaves, leaves room for the possibility of more. Gotcha. Which is cool. It's not like you're just going to leave alien presence just never explain anything else about it. Come on now. That's true. That's true. Uh, Yeah, that's true. There could be aliens among us right now. You guys don't know me all that well. I mean, it we was only the mannequin. It was the mannequin. (laughs) They just see men in black. Come on now. Men in Black or, like, any episode of Doctor Who. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, when Keith talked about the adipose, and I literally <laughs> was driving home from work and was yelling it at my radio as soon as Keith said it. From like, last adipose. week. From last week. I actually have an adipose. Do like you a, really? Yeah, one of my friends. A little plushy. Yeah. No, he's like, he's, all, he's like. Um, squishy? A squishy. <laughs> yeah, my friend from Australia. We love Doctor Who, Danny. just on a side note, too. Yeah. Some of us are nerds. The, yeah, my ringtone is us. the theme song. I think we are all on that page. Yeah, yeah. that's probably what, true. the Doctor Who page? Yeah. 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 yeah, we're all we're all Doctor Who people, fans. People look at me like I'm nuts when my phone rings, because all of a sudden it's the theme song to Doctor Who, like, super <laughs> loud. <laughs> <laughs> they all look at me, and I'm like, sorry, the TARDIS is landing. <laughs> <laughs> If we ever get like the delay is catching up, so I don't know what they're seeing. If we ever get a podcast tattoo, I want that wine glass (laughs) because that's really. We're still talking about the whole tattooing idea. Not happening. That wine glass with the book. (laughs) (laughs) 
thought if I didn't get my sorority letters tattooed on my body, <laughs> let's be real. What's that? You know what we're going to do? What? One, one night. She'll fall asleep and we'll just, you know. uh, Does anybody have any roofies? <laughs> hey. It's for a good cause this yes, time. Yes, definitely for a good cause. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are in Colorado. The Shonas, we, we should probably tell you this. We have two Shonas. They did not know each other prior to this podcast. They met each other for the first time on a Zoom call that we started because the pandemic was driving us insane. I would say the majority of the people here met each other for the first time on that call and are now all here. And some of us have actually met before. Yes, they met. Yes, they they went on vacation together after having met on this call. Just speaking of which, I mean, we shamed Becky about taking road from or rides from strangers, and then you have two total strangers that just go to a cabin in the woods. Also, we did was three different. Three strangers that went to a cabin in the woods. Now, that could be a Stephen King novel. After having never met in person. So, I mean, that says a lot about our group of people that, I mean... You guys are so awesome. But, uh, so we, you've heard a lot of us talk about about reading rivalry, and we just met some of our reading rivalry friends in person too. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> She's in our group this month. Somebody should write a book about all of these book girls. That's what I'm saying. The whole idea of of sitting at my office trying to have a conversation about something other than movies or sports. I didn't think it could ever be done. Uh, unless I did it myself. So that's what the beginning of this podcast Kinda was. Kind of what it started, right? And then Nicole, who was the one of the, the original originals. three book girls, because there was originally only three of us. Yes. I know some I people ask that yes. question. It's it like, actually but comes there's up not quite three. a lot, yeah. Um, it was her and Martha kind of came up with the idea, and then Martha told me, you're doing a podcast with me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Bonnie and I have, our sons are the same age and we met through school, which there are a lot of people, a lot of women who form friendships that way. As you get older, it gets harder and harder and harder for you to meet people and to find women with which you have things in common. And I want to just say that you guys are the freaking best people ever. Yeah, round of applause for you guys. And the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to hop in the car and go up and go to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park and do a little touristy crap and try to see some ghosts. And No, we're not. We're, we don't want to see any ghosts. It's fine. The twins can stay Oh, does anybody have a at. Ouija board I can borrow? Uh, no. I'm just trying not to get sunburned down on here in this table. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the other thing we, we should probably really say is one of the really great things about this podcast is we're all just regular book girls. I mean, yes, it is my job to speak for a living. I work for a radio station, but I'm the only one whose job it is normally to do this. Everybody else is just a reader. And, you know, if you can speak clearly and you have something to say about a book that you loved then reach out because I think just about all of the people in this room, Pat's been on the podcast several times, Donna, Shona, Shona, Becky, Becky, Allison, Fee, 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 Fee famously reviewed 
Brenda's barber. Jamie was Beaver just on the other day. So you see, um, we would love to have you. Just reach out. You got to tell us if you want to be on. We would love to have you. But the most important thing to us is reach out and invite other people to the tribe. Because this is a, a, a moment of passion that needs to be spread to other people so that we can really get people talking about books in public with other people. And all kinds of books. You can. Yeah, you can be you a boy. Can. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've we, had bearded book girls on the podcast many have, times. We have. I mean, Vonnie reads death da- books all she the reads time. Death so, books, we know. have 40 to 40 60 year old, year old men, men who listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hi, Scott. <laughs> if we haven't scared him off yet. Hi, Scott. <laughs> What the heck do you say about that? That's a one-liner. Oh, my God, I feel the pressure. <laughs> so normally we just Bonnie BS be funny. for like Normally we spend minutes. about half an hour trying to come up with trying an Trying to ending. come up with an ending just so that it sounds spontaneous. And let me tell you, <laughs> if anybody wants to follow us up to the Stanley for the tour, maybe don't follow Martha because I get distracted as a navigator and she's going into non-existing turning lanes all the time. I'm telling you, the roads here in Denver are bizarre. Yeah, we've had that problem. It looks like a lane. Here I'm trotting along in the not, lane. Not da, da, lane. Da, 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 da. And then there's a freaking wall right here. <laughs> you, ran into, you almost ran into a wall? And so I go this way and the guy's... <laughs> It takes a special kind of driver. I'm like, did you think I was just gonna like? I mean, this dude was right in my blind spot. Did he think I was gonna? I mean, so basically, don't ever drive with Martha or. Did he not see my license plate? I'm from Oklahoma. (laughs) Well, we came up with a solution to the whole distracted thing to keep her attention on the navigation. I'm gonna start making up voices (laughs) for my ways. For different for different things. So we were yeah. coming up with we were with coming up with ways. how much fun. It, first of all, we were talking about well, why can't um, why can't um, uh, celebrities do this job? Well, I'm going to tell you why, because that is a thankless freaking job. <laughs> they want you to spend like I don't know 60 hours or something recording single words. And I actually looked into doing it one time. So you have to do, first you have to do the entire alphabet, and then you have to do combination syllables, then you have to do words, then you have to do street names that for every single place in the country. Well, the good news is everywhere has a Main Street, everywhere has a Pennsylvania Avenue, <laughs> everybody yeah, has a Euclid. And we're turning there are a lot of Broadway streets in uh, yeah, but, Colorado. Yeah, but the pronunciation is always interesting. Like we're, we're, we get off the highway in Oklahoma to use the bathroom. And it goes, turn left on Tonkawa Boulevard. Tonkawa. <laughs> it's Tonkawa. But I feel like that's unfair. That's Oklahoma's got too many syllables in the wrong place. They don't even say Oklahoma right. But that's, that's a whole other thing. But so our solution to this problem is that we just get, need to get people who are really good at certain accents. Like my friend Jim, for example, you know, he does a great accent as a gnome. I mean, he's, he's got a great accent. Oh, a gnome GPS would be awesome. Wouldn't it? And that would be pretty cool. Yeah. That's all you need, Martha, is a gnome. Oh! <laughs> Shono got me. Shono was with me. Nobody else was with me, but Shono was there. Yeah, there, there's actually a sign that's shaped like a... What would it be shaped like with a sign? It'd have an upside-down pineapple on it, but it would be shaped like a... 
I don't even know like where this conversation is going. Yeah. I have no clue but where you're going. But there are little ears on the balcony. Martha, Why do you think so I was being banged, Megan? There's children in the that audience. We can't say what it's shaped like. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Oh, God. We've got um, to end this before yeah, it goes wait, wait, wrong. Bet, bet, bet. So anyway, um, the, the whole idea was that we should just get people who are really good at doing different accents so that we could you know, have different stuff on our GPS. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think that would because be Because if awesome. you had a Scottish man telling you where to go, you'd be like, oh, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you would be getting in your car. You're feeling a little amorous. You'd be getting in your car going, hey, baby. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to go for a drive, honey. I'll be back. <laughs> oh, Lord, we've gone there. It's time. Do you have an Australian have a, accent? My GPS is British. Do you give your do you give your GPS a name? No. But see, I mean, if I named him, he'd probably be like Edward Fiona. or William. If, or the, if I had a Scottish GPS, though, I would want him to talk to me dirty oh. while I was driving. That's probably ah, uh, lassie, just like that. Bonnie <laughs> <laughs> has the best amorous phone this worker one. voice. Hey, sexy. Oh, God, Up no. here, you're gonna veer. <laughs> To the right. We made Megan take off her headphones. Score! <laughs> That's because it's 900 degrees over here right now, too. It's not helping. Oh, baby, that's just too oh, fast. No, no, that's I just right. Listen to you that's again. just right. That's just... No! On that note... You don't do that. Sorry. He is down. And that's going to do it for Three Three Book Girls. Girls. (laughs) I'm going to have a hard time looking at you for a while, Bonnie. Gosh. You're going to call me when you're alone in the car. Bonnie, you give me directions. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.